Welcome back to Life MMA in the NBA. I'm your host, DJ San Marco, along with the return of my co-host from Portland, Oregon. My man, party people, put your hands together from my man, the bass player, Nick Cazono. What's going on, everybody? How you doing, brother? It's so good to to, to, uh, have you back. I mean, it's been... Uh, I guess Will is the one. He's the one that we haven't had for a couple of weeks, right? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. He... I don't know. Well, hopefully he's going to join in. So anyway, it's Life MMA in the NBA. I'm your host, TJ San Marco. That's Nick Cazono. And the sweet sounds you were listening to that I'm going to send to Nick on YouTube is Grand Funk Railroad. Oh, and I'm your Flint, captain. Michigan. Yeah. Okay. So let's 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 bring it back up so we can hear it for a second that. because. Music okay. should the music should never really be over. Let me uh, let me get I back. Got that to one it. hit. What's that one hit? That this is it. That this is the one. That they actually they have one. more than one hit. They yeah, there's there's one I was thinking of. Okay, it's hang a really on a second. Funky me, guitar line. It's pretty let, good. Let me let me let me let me get back into it. I put a new ducking feature into the app so that we could talk and not hear the uh, and 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 the music it'll quiet the music okay. oh there's you right there not bad man Under our voice, if I'm correct, this will be underneath our voices. Okay. Nice. And it gets to this this part in the course where it goes, I'm getting closer to my word. And I'm singing it terrible, but it's it's gonna come up. I don't know if this is the second. Yeah, that's the second. Okay. Get, get you the part. Oh, there it is. There it is. This is it right here, Nikki. Where'd it go? What happened? Oh, yeah. You hear the water?
Is that dope? That's dope, man. It's going to get a little bit funky right now. The professor is late to class. I hope he has an excuse or he's going to detention. <laughs> now you can hear a little Michigan, right? Yeah. Now it's a Flint, Michigan business, right? Professor, but the heck are you guys listening to? Grand Funk Railroad, baby, from Flint, Michigan. How do you like me now, Willie Vanilli? Oh my goodness! Can I get an amen from the congregation? <laughs> hey, what up, Nick? <laughs> what up, Will? Okay, everybody. Uh, it is my distinct pleasure and honor to welcome in our tardy, but still uh, an amazing individual, nonetheless. Uh, the professor of motor control and learning from Long Beach State University uh, that I guess now we could say also colleague of Joe Hampton. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Dr. Will Wu. No way. Oh, my gosh. He's not, Party people, not Will even Wu. colleague. Such the wrong word to use. I'm kidding. I, I didn't know we were live, man. I just got like I had to cut my dinner short. We 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 are live. That was meant to be funny. It was not. He is not a colleague. He is not in your level. He hopes to one day, in his wildest dreams, maybe be a college professor. But anyway, Doctor Wu, welcome back in, my brother from another. Since you have a hat, I'm gonna put on. This is my my sunrunner here. Let me get this. Holy moly! Look how much look how much fabric is on that thing. I think it's intense. Here you go, man. What do you think, Will? How do I look, bro? That's looking good. That's looking good. It's like a half hoodie, half hat. It's if you're in the in in the desert and you don't want any sun to get on your head and neck. You're completely Will, covered. Dude, covered. it's for real. No, the people who do the bad water 100 wear those, but I was telling him there's a couple of places I go where you're really exposed to the sun and me being older, turning 54 in two days. Yes, you guys can applaud. Oh, go two ahead. days. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Uh, okay. Hold. 54? All right. All right. You know what? Yeah, you can hold your applause till later. I mean, it's okay. So wow. uh, life, <laughs> life MMA in the NBA. I'm your host, DJ Sam Marco, along with uh, Mr. Nick Cazono and Dr. Wu has joined us. It's the first time in probably – Three weeks or so, we've all been together. Can I oh. get an amen? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Right after Coming can't. to America 2 came out. So and we can't awful. say the same. Oh, I, I, I heard Nick. it was so bad. <laughs> it was good. It was so bad. It's good, man. I don't know if it's that kind of bad. I heard it's just bad, bad. No, I don't. Don't listen to Gina, man. She's a girl. 
Ask Gina if she likes Austin Powers. Gina and everybody said it was bad. Not even even just her. Other people said it was horrible. I love Gina. She's from Brooklyn. I'm from Peekskill. But if you ask these girls, do you like Austin Powers? Oh, it's so stupid. I'm like, no, it's not. It's genius. No, Austin Powers is good. Austin Powers is great. Why would they they do another coming to America? I don't know, but it was good. I enjoyed it. I mean, it's not. Yeah, I mean, it's not the first one. You just. It's oh, yes, a gag. It's, it's a gag. Yeah, it's a gag. So, it's like just some of the some, it was so good. The it, first one movie was so good. It was. Yeah, and and then coming out with number two, Sully's number one. It's just like Dumb and Dumber. Dumb and Dumber was a classic. So good, and then they had to come out with with another one, two or, other ones, D- another one with two different actors, and then after that one, the original actors. And it just sullies the first one. I saw yeah. the previews for the coming to the second coming to America, and I was like, "No way in hell I'm watching that. That's so <laughs> terrible." And the previews, it's supposed to be good. It's supposed to make yeah, everything supposed, look good. You're supposed to want to watch the movie after seeing the preview. He's getting mad at us, Nick. I know. He's, oh, he's got that face. He's just getting <laughs> fifty-four-year-old anger. It looked like a ripe tomato. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I'm blowing my nose, guys, but. Oh, I'm gonna recover. Yes. I'm gonna be able to get okay, through man. this. Um, I'll Who knows? I might the... see this movie like five years later and be like, "DJ, you're yeah. right. This I'll movie even was take amazing." The microphone thing and put it on my nose. <laughs> like this is how. Like I, I could see this. John Favreau is a pip, right? We all yeah, we all exactly. know that John Favreau is like the bomb right now with what he's done with the recent movies and all that. He don't. John Favreau. He don't. He's smart too. John Favreau will never come out with. A swingers too, because you leave the classic as it as it is. You let it stand alone. I feel you, man. And I'm not much for remakes. Point Break, and that's a movie that could never be be remade. You could never remake Point Break. But they did. Yeah, but you can't. I mean, <laughs> you, you, you can't. <laughs> you can't. Pretty good though. J- Johnny Utah, uh, you know, Bodie, uh, Rosie, who. Obviously, uh, uh, got killed in a bar in Mexico. War child, back off. But anyway, Johnny our- <laughs> Utah might be the best Hollywood uh, Hollywood name. You can get that jersey. You can get the Ohio State jersey with the number nine and it says Utah on the back. And I, by oh, the way, so I should have that. <laughs> anyway. That is so pimp. All right, guys. Um, let's get going with the show uh, because it's already ten fifteen here. And I'm tired, but but I it's only eight fifteen so here. I know. And that's all that matters, really. How it affects Will. Okay, so we're we're gonna we need to come up with something analogous to Dave Chang's segment on his show, which is called "My Opinion Is Fact." So, so because we, we would, would get sued by Dave Chang and Isaac Lee, it could we be. Would, we should change it to this: "All that matters is Will." I get. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that was funny because that's kind of the reality. That, I it is. that, that is our reality as a show. <laughs> that was a really good one. That was some fifty-four-year-old knowledge right there. Yes, a uh, pimp. I got a pimp. And by the way, Nick, I don't know if you've been, but now I think Will. He, we intimated this earlier, but now Will is officially charged to either get for this podcast either Chris Ying or Isaac Lee. 
So we and will only because I'm Asian, and only because you're Asian, and a, and but a professor, and a there's no professor. such pressure on Nick. Ah, uh, you know what? We will <laughs> we will find somebody that we can pressure Nick to get in the music industry that he will have to grovel to get. Um, Let me know. But I like, would love to. Huh? Like, I play in this band. They'll be like, "Who are you?" Like, I play in this band. We did this to play. Like, uh, oh yeah, no. yeah, yeah. Thanks. Bye. That's too. That's too easy for Nick. Nick's got to get like Ichiro, Axel Rose, or, or Sakuraba. He's yeah, you got to get Kazushi Sakuraba. You would do it. Like, dude, he's got to. He's got to do the Japanese. Yeah, he's gonna see N Kazono, and he's gonna be like, "Oh, take that one." That'd be so funny, man. He's smoking his uh, cigarettes. Be like, all right. Yeah. Or may, maybe our fattest guest, you could get Akibono or something. The guy in the final ice cream. On the Japanese celebrity tip, I got to tell you a funny story. So one of my um, one of my golfing buddies that I play golf with regularly, I don't know if you'll know this name or not, is Shigatoshi Hasegawa. He used oh, to. Of course. Does yeah. that name sound familiar to you? He used to be a pitcher for the uh, for the Angels. Oh wow! Okay. Um, like the Hasegawa. same time they had, yeah, the same time as Jimmy Ames. He may have won a World Series. I'm not sure. I gotta ask him. But um, you know how professional Japanese professional athletes who make it into the major leagues or any kind of major sport, there it's a there it's a big thing. Yes, Japan. it is. Yeah. If you go to Japan, they're they're like super celebrities, and so I'm losing my bet with him on the golf course, and I'm trying to you know fight like heck to get my five dollars back and uh my playing buddy goes hey shiggy's over there taking a piss in the bushes you should take a picture <laughs> you should take a picture and sell it to the japanese tabloids yes and i was like that is so genius i could get like a grand for that picture yes yes that's a great idea i like that but I, I like, like oh, yeah, that's and not as, a bad exchange. And as Will's talking, I'm trying to see if we can pressure him, him into getting Yao Ming on the show. But that's that's beside <laughs> the point. Anyway. <laughs> Will's going to have to break out his Chinese, speaking no, an American accent. I'll get, I'll get, don't, no, I'll get Bruce Lee for the show. I'll get Bruce okay. Lee. <laughs> okay. I got you guys covered. Oh, my goodness. So, uh, you know, uh, before we no, I, I guess I'll say this, but we did want to talk about the Jeremy Lin thing. But why don't we get into whatever UFC topics that Nick has? Um, oh, you know what's the other one, Nick? I'm sorry, I just thought of it. It yeah, was yeah, Islam Makachev versus Rafael dos Anjos. Is that official? I don't think it's official, but I, I, know. I think Cormier, didn't he tell Ariel that it's pretty much going to happen? I know um, RDA said on twitter like he wanted that fight like he's like like ah like he was very like animate in getting that fight i forgot what the, what the tweet said exactly but he's just like like let's go like we're, we're people going are like i don't know if you want that i'm like Ooh. no you guys just don't know rda i mean he's always is... down he's not gonna back up from anyone yeah i mean, I mean he, he just he almost like goes out and like finds like the worst fight for him the toughest to guys that, yeah the toughest guys worst style matchups for him and he's like I want that guy <laughs> I mean I, honestly Damn, I'm at dude. the point now and I'm sorry to interrupt you Nick I'm, oh, no, at the point, I'm at the point now where we have to really start talking about uh, 
Rafael Dos Anjos as a legit Hall of Famer, first know. ballot. I mean, I mean, this guy, I mean, obviously Will spent more time at least in the same training room than I have. I've, you know, you know, seen him around, been in the training room with him. Uh, never rolled with him, thank God. Um, but uh, he went to the same academy or goes to the same academy that we went to. Although now it, perhaps he might be training at Novenial, I'm not sure. But Rafael Dos Anjos, as Nick just said, picks the top. He he would think it's absurd. He, do you know what he said? Did you guys hear what he said mm-hmm. about Khabib? He basically said, I want a deal that if I beat Makachev, I'll, that I get Khabib in oh. a rematch. Like, I heard that. I, think about that. I did hear that. Will, think about that. I want you to talk about that. Well... Like I said, he doesn't he doesn't back down from anyone. He he was a UFC champ, and if you list off everyone he's fought, he's probably only missing Conor McGregor, like Nate Diaz, <laughs> Dustin Poirier. Oh no, he, he beat, beat Nate Diaz he like twice. Annihilated right? Nate Diaz. Yeah, he beat Nate Diaz. at least once. Oh, and it was it it was an un, it was one of those uncomfortable. It was. it was like oh my gosh he's just gonna, i was at that killing. fight i was at that card that was in phoenix yeah and I mean, he just yeah i don't think he's fought poirier right and he hasn't fought mcgregor but he's fought some big names oh, yeah. up and down mm-hmm. all all uh both his uh, both his weight classes um and like you say it's that that's kind of like a no-brainer when you look at his body of work it's famer. ridiculously impressive and if you go back to that khabib fight Man, everybody knows what Khabib does to people, and obviously he uh, he he was smashing RDA, but that went five rounds. Yeah, and RDA got up off got to his feet after being on bottom with Khabib, and that's very multiple times, and that was very rare. So if you look at that fight, if you rewatch that fight again, his defensive jujitsu was the best against Khabib. Right, without a doubt, he's amazing. Um, yeah, and so you you kind of look at it from that perspective. I could see how he would he would think he would have success with with Makachev because of his ability to just survive with Khabib. Now, well, winning and surviving is uh, yeah, yes. That, before I pass it to Nick, I was going to say, uh, yeah, I I would disagree with what he might deem success. That's yeah. not. I don't think he he would have success against Makachev, but he would probably survive and go all the rounds based on what we've seen. Yeah. Nick, how do you contextualize Rafael Dos Anjos uh, in a possible matchup with Islam Makachev? Yeah, I think he'll survive. I mean, he's only been finished in his career like what three times, and that was like years ago. I mean, he got knocked out by Jeremy Stevens when mm-hmm. he first came to the UFC before he was like before he started training it. At King's MMA and developing his stand-up game, so he, he was, was a mostly uh, yeah. a pure, pure, yeah, pure grappler. So he got uppercutted and knocked out there, and then he lost to Clay Guida, the I think guillotine or something, early in his career too. But those only those are the only two finishes that I've sort of think of in his career. But like, but when he became champion and prior to him leading up to being champion, like man, yeah, he's he's hard to finish so if he faces Makachev I don't think Mak- I mean Makachev could potentially 
maybe submit him. I don't think he will, though. But, yeah, I think he could hang in there, and I think it'll be a, a good scrap. It'll be a good scrap with, with that fight. But I don't it'll think... Be... Yeah, Makachev's his top game is, I think, will be too much, and he'll probably win via decision. Yeah, I don't think RDA has boring fights. No, <laughs> no. Um... What? Well, what I will be curious is who will be the head coach for RDA. Um, when he fought Khabib last, he had Rafael Cordero um, as the head coach. And um, recently, he was at Novignal, right, training, and he had a Novignal yeah. coach. Um, yeah, Pen- Andre Pedneris. Yeah, and I don't even – in the last fight, um, Philippe was not in his corner in his last fight, which right. was one of the first in a, in a long time. So it'll be very curious to see um, who he has as a head coach and how they how do they sh- how they strategize. One of the things about Makachev is that they don't realize is he may, he may not be – as good as Khabib on the ground and who is. Um, but I think he's more dynamic striker than Khabib is. Can I ask you something, Will? Are are we are we all together on this or did he train with Perillo? Does RDA ask. train with Perillo? Oh yeah, that was yeah, that was sandwiched in between Cordero and um Novignal. his Novignal coaches yeah. from his from his last fight, which that was I don't think that was a good choice for him or any fighter, any professional fighter. <laughs> I know it's, it's funny. Like we're we're you know, the we're Perillo told, as a, as a head coach. We're out on Perillo. Um, so I don't I think Perillo is as bad as you guys say he is. I mean, look at Bisping won a title with Perillo. Is that 2000, 2010, I don't think he won a title. Had anything to do with Perillo? He already had the great striking he had the great cardio i mean i'm not saying perillo made him worse but or anything like that because mike was already a good striker when he came to when he was on tough yeah uh, first of all so he was already you know and and one of the the milestones in his career was i think in the tough finale he fought eric the red schaefer and Mm -hmm. eric schaefer was tapping everybody and bisping survived on the ground with him and once he saw he could do that you know, then it was just game. I mean, the guys that that really, the the guys that really bothered Bisping, other than the fact that he got knocked out by Dan Henderson, which held Dan Henderson damn, knocked out Fedor. I Pretty think. much I any, mean, anybody. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Dan Henderson's right hand can knock out anyone. But um, it was uh, Tim Kennedy. Um, yeah, he got controlled by Tim Kennedy. Vitor was knocked him out. The first, oh no, I'm thinking of someone else. No, it was Vitor. Uh, Vitor knocked him. him out. Yeah, Vitor knocked him out. Yeah. Yeah, Vitor, Vitor just destroyed his eye, and he he said he was legally blind. Um, Michael's an amazing, he's an amazing dude. He really is. Um, yeah. I, 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 I listened like him. to him. His his podcast today was hilarious. Where, um, you guys, if you want to hear him do impressions of like a what they call a Geordie accent, people from like Newcastle in England. Um, he had on who was the guy who fought last week, the Brit British guy. Can you help me with that, Nick? Ooh, I don't know. I gotta get Nick. His assignment was that you have Sure Dog up in the fight finder. So <laughs> that was that was his charge, right, Nick? Yeah, I mean I said I'm the yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I thought I didn't need it today. <laughs> no, and and what I say if we're having an MMA episode, you have it up. Okay, Davy Grant. Beat jo- okay. Jonathan Martinez. Davy Grant used to train with Bisping, and that was a hilarious episode today. Where he was, 
He says, you're not going to be able to understand him, Luis. I'm telling, and he starts doing the, the accent. He does a great Darren <laughs> Till. Funny. He does the best Darren Till, other than maybe Hinata Laranja, does a great Darren Till. Um, Mike does a great Darren Till. He did a great Davy Grant today. And then he did a little bit of Davy Grant with Davy Grant on there. So I really enjoy uh, Bisping and his commentary. So, um, yeah. So just, just so you know, he's one of the toughest guys Donald in the Pro world. Pearl is not as bad as I think people you, you maybe say not say he is maybe not but i mean but, he's 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 better than he's better than ronda's coach <laughs> <laughs> i don't know look at it yeah maybe so but you know what uh Nick, would would it be fair to say that if some that if either will or i were to attack any fighter or coach that you automatically go into defense mode of that person <laughs> i don't think pearl is as bad as you guys picture him okay but i mean if i'm if i'm speaking in generalities is that true if i don't like the guy then i'll i'll join i'll pile on on him like so i'm trying to remember a time when you said something when you didn't push back on 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 me for for who else have we who else have you guys like ragged on oh who did who did i say uh the other day you always rag on greg jackson and i'm all for that yeah i I can't any greg jackson there's we rag on aldo's coach too aldo's coach well we just did yeah yeah, and I'm fine with that. I'll I'll join in with that. You know what? I, I I could refer to one the other day, but we're gonna leave that one nameless. So let's moving right along. Uh, I spoke along. with uh, Mateus Nicolau, uh, the fighter, and he fought Saturday night. He's back in the UFC after a suspension. He had a drug suspension. He said, "No he way, would, no way." I know, I know you're shocked. He said he would come on the show with us, and he is also back at Novinyal. So I think what happened is Andre Pedernetes looked around and said, let's see, Ketlin Vieira lost, Jose Aldo lost. I basically don't have a fighter anywhere near the top 10. And I, I would guess that he probably did an all-call, uh, what we would say in the Air Force, and started calling guys and saying, I need to get some people on this team, uh, people that were here, or people maybe that weren't here, but I need to get people representing my team because they had nobody. Am I wrong? Who did they have? Other than Ketlin Vieira. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I don't... I, I can't they don't think... don't really have anyone besides Aldo. Johnny Eduardo. Yeah, they, they had Aldo. Johnny Eduardo had lost uh, in 2020. He had gotten smashed by somebody. Somebody called him out, and then they... And Johnny Eduardo took it, went out and smashed him. So yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people aren't there anymore. Ketlin Vieira, obviously, they were looking at Ketlin Vieira to challenge Amanda. Do you guys remember that when yeah, she when she, she tapped she Sarah McMahon too, with the yeah. with the arm triangle? She got she knocked, got out, knocked out by by uh, Aldana. Yeah, Aldana, Aldana knocked her out. Yep. So um, I would say this: who, like, besides Nova Nyel, what other Brazilian MMA team is there? That's like a big deal. Well, I mean, I mean, you have small teams. I like, think you uh, could call ATT to some degrees. Are they? Know, there's a lot of Brazilians. But there. you hear, but you hear about ATT Florida, like mm-hmm. the American. Oh, the okay. In, you mean in Brazil? In, like, yeah, in Brazil. Like, what's the Brazilian team? It's like that's a kind really of a good deal. point. That's a good. I mean, point. you have smaller teams like uh, what's her face? Um, well, uh, Cowboy Oliveira is on a, a team. Um, yeah, Andrade is on a Figueiro, team. Figueiredo, Andrade has her own Figueiredo, team. 
Yeah. Figueroa's got his own small team, but they're smaller um, teams. They're not like. They AKA are. They are. No, Jackson's they're not. Or, yeah. Well, the, for a while, the Noguera brothers had some pr- prospects. They had some okay. good guys, but yeah, there's not nobody right now. The Pitbull brothers in Natal. Okay. You know, the Pitbull yeah. brothers or Jim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, this Saludo train is, is cross trains with them. Okay. Uh, oh, oh, I forgot. I, I don't want to offend Steffi Haynes. Cejudo's retired. So. Apparently he's coming back. <laughs> yeah, that was supposed to be funny, Nick. Oh. Remember how I made a big deal of it when she, when she was congratulating people on their retirement? And I said, don't oh, yeah. congratulate him. It's fucking stupid. He's retired. Jeez. She's as retired That's as... how you really oh. feel about Steffi Haynes. No, not her. DJ? No, Sakuda. not her. Not not her as a person. She's probably smarter than I am. Uh, this the thought is stupid. You know, don't piss on me and tell me it's raining. You know what I mean? Uh, Amanda's retirement, Henry's retirement, all these other retirements that are complete bullshit. That I've no and the one retirement that I thought was real was who? Okay. That's right. And the rest of them are full of. As Will would say, duty, duty. Wait, who, doo-dee. who, who did you think was retired, DJ? I didn't think anybody was retired other than Khabib. Okay, but okay. I got, According I to got UFC yelled embedded, at. Khabib's still the UFC lightweight champion. He is. Oh, and he will <laughs> remain that until Dana finally has uh, has paid for seventeen different dinners in Vegas, and and Khabib's like weighing a hundred and. 95 pounds yeah yeah and, pounds and... yeah and has no intention of coming back and he's ordering doubles on the tiramisu dessert so no if he I... has if he has his if he's promoting his own fight organization fighting is so much smaller than what he's that what than what he wants to do well not only that it's his brother islam his brother first of all his actual brother is coming in the ufc but his brother Islam is poised to take over the 155 pound division, and that right there tells you that he's not coming back. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's as totally. simple as that. What I got yelled at, Will, is I got yelled at on Twitter when Steffi Haynes uh, said congratulations to Amanda. That and this is like what maybe almost a year ago, a little less. That congratulations mm-hmm. to Amanda on her retirement and whatever she decides to do. I'm like, what are you congratulating? She's not retired. Like who thinks she's retired? Cashing those checks. Stupid. She's, yeah, cashing she's gonna be checks. cashing yeah. those checks until somebody Juliana, gets in there. Juliana Pena, her. boom. Freaking Kali Home next, boom. So, so at one point, um, and I'll ask you guys. I don't know if you guys remember this. There was a dinner where the vil- the Venezuelan vixen before she became a mom was trying to intimidate Amanda. Trying to get a word, trying to call her out, and they were both at the same. I think at the same big dinner table or something like that. And there was a thought out there that she would be a challenge for Amanda. So, what do you guys think now? Start with you, Will. Will, I don't know. Are you awake? (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) I was just how how can I express my intensity for how dominant Amanda Noonan is is right now and actually think she's sitting there wondering who's next she, she obviously she's not going to retire from the fact that she's not good she's still at the, <laughs> um, she's still at the she's still at the prime and there's and there's money on the table and it's almost like should she should she fight a a male instead of a female because it would be 
a little bit more challenging for her. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know I, what, what they're going to do with her. Nick, go back to that hand gesture again. Just give those checks. Just, I'll say this about Julia and Pena. Now we did discuss, I think last week, DJ about a fighter that could give her some problems within like a heavy wrestling game. And honestly, mm-hmm. Juliana Pena is the closest fighter that fits that sort of style to give her those problems. Now, I don't think Pena is going to beat her, but I mean, Pena's, I mean, I don't think Pena's going to win, but to be on Pena's, to, to argue it the other way is Pena's got a style that can give her problems. And I think based on Pena just kind of calling her out and doing all this sort of stuff, I can think I'm... that she's not going to be intimidated or even sort of phased by like, the aura of Amanda Nunes. Now, when she gets cracked by Amanda Nunes, that's going to be... Can I make an announcement, Nick? Because I announce you formally. Okay, and right now we are being joined by Juliana Pena's defense attorney, the Honorable (laughs) Nicholas Cazono Esquire. Nick. Hey, we discussed this, right? No, this is good. I just just love it. You were right in defense attorney mode, and it was like, Nick was like, excuse me, counselor, your honor. Um, I want to respond to that. <laughs> well, I was talking to, I don't know if you guys heard of uh, Twitter Spaces. Have you heard of Spaces on Twitter? I haven't. So it's just like you you just, um, it's pretty cool. Whatever. You, you basically can host like a live chat with, with mm-hmm. like, you just oh, open wow. it and then people could join, right? But you, oh, that's dope. But okay. They have to give you the privilege to do that. But I was in a sort of spaces like yesterday and like uh, this one guy I forgot his name but super nice dude and everything he was talking about Juliana Pena he's like you know what I like the fact that she's just doesn't care she's calling Amanda out like she's not afraid to fight Amanda no, I think of course she could not, bring no. it so I know that's a good point and she does have a style to give Amanda some problems now you know if, if she if if she could survive a couple rounds and start pushing the pace on Amanda fight could be interesting but you know yeah man it'll probably just win and i yield the balance of my time to the prosecution dr Wu. (laughs) oh i said my piece about her i think she has to fight dudes in order for it to be um more challenging tell me tell me technically why you don't think uh pena would be a, a a good match for amanda like i just look at the women she's fighting and there's a level of movement and power and you could see it more in females than males because female the game is a lot newer to females and the depth of talent isn't as good in the ufc as it is on the female side than it is the male side and i just the way she moves and the power that she has and not only that she's incredibly accurate I just, it's so far and above everyone, everybody else she's fought. I don't see, yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah, it's just because of that discrepancy. I just, I just don't see her having a challenging fight unless she does something on her end that doesn't prepare her. Order in the court, the Honorable Judge DJ San Marco presiding. I don't have a gavel sound sound clip yet, but I'll, I'll make sure I get that. Um, I will adjudicate on this matter, gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> somebody say I object. Come on. Lou, uh, Will, don't you have any friends that went to school? Okay, I object. Um, so anyway, I think that the, the issue, technically speaking, I don't think 
that Pena has the chops to get the takedown. That's, I think, what the problem that she's going to have. I think the earlier version of Pena and the early version of Amanda, let's say going back to, let's say, Valentina 1, um, maybe that Pena before having the baby, etc., etc., and um, <laughs> hold on, and I'll and we'll go to the Senate, and I'll yield the remainder of my time. Uh, but <laughs> I I don't think that uh, Juliana's wrestling is quite technical. Her technical wrestling enough to be able to get Amanda on the floor. She's good with. She's pretty good at clinch and trips. She'll she'll do a body lock and she'll go for an inside or outside trip. But I'm not sure she'll get her hips close enough to Amanda. I yield the balance of my time to the senator from Irvine, Willoughby Whoop. My bad. I completely effed up. I forgot about Shevchenko. This is a huge moment. I can't believe Will. I completely. Is this is I completely brain farted. That's the only fight for her. You think it'll be an exciting fight, Will? Yeah. It'll be, it'll be what Dana White wants to see. It'll be a stand-up, and there'll be good striking. Will there um, be a lot of exchanges? The first round, no. <laughs> the first round will be boring <laughs> as hell. Maybe half of the second round, but then they'll get going eventually. Um, but I think that's the fight. I thought their last fight, I thought Shevchenko won. Yeah, really? Close. Yeah. I don't. It was very close. I yeah. I I, I see it that way. I mean, I thought Amanda. I didn't won. say by how much, but I thought she yeah. won. Yeah, I didn't think she, I didn't think she lost. I don't know. I'd have to go back and watch it before I would even enter into a debate with you. But let's move on to one of our favorite fighters to talk about, um, El Kakui Tony Ferguson, uh, taking on or signed to fight against um, any. Uh, yeah, Ben Benil Darius, another guy who rolls over there where Will Rose, where Will rolls at Gracie Baja headquarters. So, um, Nick, what strikes you about this fight? Um, Tony's on a couple of fight losing streak now. He was beaten badly. We're really thinking about our decision to pick him against Khabib a couple of years ago. What, what, <laughs> what, what, is, what is your thought about this matchup for, for both parties? A great fight for Benny Dariush. For Tony, it's... It's going to be a, 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 I don't know, it's going to be a tough pill to swallow for some Tony fans, including myself, because we just, I don't know, and I'm probably speaking for some other people as well, I just don't know where he is now in the sort of grand scheme or the whole, maybe I could say grand scheme of things as far as like, what? (laughs) 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 Will's getting Mexican over there. He's going, he's loco, Holmes. Oh, I just, I mean... I don't know if he could beat a top five guy now, but then again, it's like, I don't know if he could beat a fighter like Benny and Benny's a great fighter. So, I mean, Benny could be a top, you don't know where Benny is either. So it's a good sort of measuring stick for both guys, but I like where I think Benny could be a top five fighter. I like where Benny's at more than I like where Tony's at. But if Tony loses, it's like, well, who can he beat if he can't beat Benny? Like now he's, now he's going against the Gregor Gillespie's and people like that. That'll be yeah. I mean, and the can winner he beat of Feldor? Can he beat a? Can he beat RDA again? Oh wow! I don't. Can he beat? I don't know. 
a Kevin Lee again? Can he be? I mean, can he be any of these top ten guys if he loses to Benny, or is he just? Well, I, mean, I I think the problem, and I don't know if Will will agree with me on this. I think Benny will go for and be able to secure a takedown on Tony, and I think that's the biggest beyond the fact that um, Benny's a good striker. Obviously, he has no defense, but it, like most of the guys at Kings, don't have a lot of defense. But his offense is really, really good, and Tony has no defense. Tony is training at wildcard boxing right now. Um, that can be a really bad thing to me. Uh, it can be a good thing depending upon how much uh, he shows him, uh, how much he's shown. Uh, but Tony's leg kicks I don't think would bother Benny the way they would bother some. But conversely, I believe that Benny's wrestling is going to be a big problem for Tony based on what Oliveira did. What say you, Will? I think uh, Ferguson is damaged from that Gaethje fight. Like, damaged. Yeah. Like, he is physically damaged from that fight and not the same. And then if he's... What? If you look at his past losses, his two most recent losses, would you look at those losses and go, oh, he lost those because... His boxing was, his boxing needed improvement. No, I, um, well, you wouldn't, right? He, well, you, you, the ones that he lost, no, you would, yeah. no, you would, but I would water. say you would, but it might not be number one on that list. Yeah. And so I don't, him being, him being at wildcard, I don't see that as being a solution. It's doing something different, but not working on his, his weaknesses. And I mean, so, he could be maybe sewing up his defensive sort of lapses, maybe a wild card. Maybe that could be maybe a good thing for him. Yeah, I, I mean, he's, he's got. That's why I didn't want to go all in on that. Yeah, uh, Nick is because you're right. He does have to learn to move his head because you heard the guys on the broadcast say he doesn't move his head. Everybody can hit him. The people that talked about Conor McGregor beating Tony were the people that said he doesn't move his freaking head. And he gets hit a lot. Kevin Lee blasted him and knocked him down. You know what I mean? He just gets hit a lot. The thing was earlier is that he put out so much offense that offense was his defense. As we could say something similar about Benny, we could say something similar about all the Rafael Kadera fighters, right? But in this case, you know, Tony, his wrestling is gone. I heard he's get brought in a lot of grapplers uh, to train with him, but they're probably more like jiu-jitsu guys. He's got to be able to take people down. If he's on the bottom of Benny, I oh, mean, you've geez. seen, Will's seen Benny more than any of us. I don't think that goes well. Well, Dan Lucard, my old jiu-jitsu instructor, was uh, really good friends with Benny, and they kind of went up the ranks when they both trained, when Benny was mostly a jiu-jitsu guy before he went into MMA. So, I mean, I've heard stories of how good Benny is and everything like that. So, I mean, Benny's quite good on the ground. Definitely better, I would say, than Tony. And I think, yeah. Based Benny on what we down. saw? Hell yeah. In the Oliveira fight? That yeah. shocked me. I was shocked. I mean, Khabib would have yeah. just, Khabib would have just ate, he would have been a bloody oh, mess gosh. if he survived, if he, if he survived that fight, he would have been a bloody mess. Tony's Tony's strength right now is the fact that he's willing to die in that ring. Yeah, that's, that's his it. strength. That's right. Yeah. 
That's right. And, so I I pick it Dariush right now. Oh yeah, I, I am too. Yeah, I would. I am also. Fans right. are like, do you think Dariush has a chance? I'm like, do you think Tony has a chance? <laughs> All right, we this got is a about, bad matchup for Tony. We got about. He's not fully operational, Tony. Yeah. Right now. You know what? The Death Star is not fully operational, but it's nearing completion. <laughs> but uh, if Tony loses that. bad, who do you see him fight next? Like, I just said, I Gregor Gillespie or Brad Riddell or somebody yeah, like okay. that. Yeah, he's gonna be, he's okay. gonna fall down the rankings. He's gonna become. Think he a beats those guys. Uh, I don't think he could get Gregor Gillespie in a compromising position on the ground. Maybe. If, if he gets confident in his submission game, he could possibly work something on the ground. If if And I'm making an assumption because I don't know how good Gregor Gillespie's jiu-jitsu is. Yeah, so I'm making either. an assumption. Uh, but that Brad Riddell, if I remember correctly, guys, that's the guy who was the former kickboxer, the guy that has the wicked leg kicks. Am I right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's know. that he's, guy. He's good. Uh, he's good. Good striker. I know He's, his legs were just like ripped, man. I mean, yeah. he looked like his. I can't remember who he was fighting. Somebody was trying to kick him in the legs, and they were like iron. So he better be landing very early and very often. And in fact, I think he should kick the shit out of the calves of. Uh, no, I'm saying this. A guy like Gregor Gillespie, with his takedown game, you got to attack his lead leg. I mean, with like a, a massive calf kick. You got to try to do what Justin tried to do to um, to Khabib, Khabib. But, you know, Khabib's Khabib. Uh, and I think it was uh, one of the coaches said Khabib's leg was quite hurt just from those those shots that he took. Uh, even those few shots. They said, you got to get this guy down. So anyway, uh, let's move on because we only have about 10 minutes left. And we want to talk a little bit about uh, Jeremy Lin. We'll probably talk a little bit of M NBA stuff. So we have Zhang Wei Li against uh, Thug Rose coming up on the Steep A. And uh, I think My it's girl, the... man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thug Rose. Thug, Thug, Rose. Thug Rose. Thug Rose. Thug so Rose. go ahead, Will. What do you think about that fight? Your home girl from China. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with Zhang Wei on that one because I see her as. Um, Zhang, is that how you say it? Zhang? Yeah, Zhang. Okay. I see her as physically similar to Andrade, but better technically. So far. I think she'll be much stronger than Andrade, which Rose will have problems with. Um, but she and she's also going to be technically much better than her. So I, that's why I'm giving it to Zhang. Nick, you're also Asian. I'm not sure if you're aware of that. How do you see this one going? Uh, I'm gonna go with Rose. Slight bias because I love Rose, but come on, I Nick. I want objectivity. I don't care. I love Rose. I know. I know. I love Zhang too. They're both. I like, think Rose can do it. I think Trevor Whitman will have a good game plan, a technical game plan to maybe evade uh, Zhang. Zhang. Zhang's a little wild. You know, mm -hmm. she's a little wild. She's mm -hmm. a little loopy. You know, she's mm -hmm. definitely more technical than Andrade for sure. Oh, as far as, like, That's not a stretch to say that. We're not breaking Andrage, news here, everybody. <laughs> I know, but Andrade has, has, has developed pretty good too, especially the, her last fight or whatever. But yeah, I mean, I think Zhang can be a little wild on the feet. I think she's definitely um, <clears throat> relies a lot on her size and strength. Mm -hmm. in order to win fights too 
And I think I think Rose is more technical of a fighter on the feet than Zhang. And I think given her coaching that she has and the technicality, the technical sort of attributes that she has, I think they'll have a game plan to maybe sort of let me be the matador and let, sort of. May I ask you your know, question, Coach Kazono? Yeah. If you were coaching Rose, what would your strategy be to fight Zhang Weili? Where would you want to attack her? I would say it more on the outside, attack more on the outside, throw, sort of be lengthy, throwing kicks. You know, she's got good kicks and everything. Get in, get out. I would avoid the clinch with her because just based on the size and strength, it's disadvantage that Rose will have. I and mean, she has been controlled in the clinch before by, you know, Andrade. And even yeah. she got controlled in the clinch by what's-her-face. Uh, I can't think of her name that she lost to years ago. Oh, got um, knocked out. Carla Esparza? Uh, no, not Esparza. Uh, it was after Esparza, after she lost to Esparza. I can't remember. Oh, was it the Little uh, Hurricane? Uh, Tiny no, Tornado? No? no, it was... I don't know. I can look it up. Though. She I got can, knocked out. I can look it up while Andrade. you're talking, though. I'll show you, yeah, I'll show you guys but... how, to, how to support her brother. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. Whatever. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. She got controlled by her, and she then this girl wasn't really that physical of a... Of a she wasn't, you know, she wasn't like a, a Andrade or, or she wasn't really a sort of too physically strong of a, of a fighter. So, and then she got controlled by her. So I think the clinch might be a disadvantage, especially against a guy, a, a, a guy, a girl like, um, <laughs> gal, a guy, a girl, gal, gal. A girl. gal like guy uh, and gal go together, right? Yeah. Yeah, they do. So I think just outside throw kicks, fight long. Don't engage in sort of brawls that that like like don't don't fight uh Zang like um how you'll wanna fought Zang where they just kinda of trade it in the pocket like you're not gonna win that exchange and everything. So I think she needs to just fight long, fight on the outside, throw kicks, avoid the clinch. And if she doesn't get taken down, you know, just try to threaten the submissions and scramble back to your feet. And I think she could probably do that for five rounds. Yeah, she gonna, lost. To Kavol- she lost to Kavolkovich. Kavolkovich in is the what clinch. I'm, yeah. Yep. Kavolkovich. Carolina. Yep. You're yeah. welcome. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank um, you. Okay. Look at DJ it. producing the show. I know. I know. <laughs> but, uh, I um. All right. Next no, show, I, I'm gonna I, have the sure dog up. So I could yes. Every MMA card, you have sure dog up because they're the best when it comes to being able to look up fighters, fight <laughs> record, what's next, what happened in the past, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They're Sure dog rules that space. So yeah. anyway, Lana, what do you think, DJ? Who do you got? I, 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 I'm gonna, I'm gonna. You know, you, you make some great points uh, on the feet. I like your strategy on the feet. You didn't mention a takedown game, but I would love to see her put Jung on her back. I don't um, think she, she doesn't go for takedowns though. I know, I, the... but I mean, I would. That's what. That's another reason to. You know, Cerrone didn't go for takedowns until he fought. Uh, What's his name? And then all of a sudden, he fed the guy who had out wrestled Johnny Hendricks, and then all of a sudden that uh, that guy yeah, found himself on his back. Have ta- he, but he has a takedown game. And he's taking. But he guys he down. did he did not before that. Rick no, Story. he didn't. He developed a takedown yeah, game. Yeah, so that's but that's like, what I mean. Is he knew that if if I'm going to be successful in this sport, I have to be able to a stop a takedown and b take guys down. And he took down Rick Story, who had out wrestled. He did at least in MMA. He out wrestled yeah. Johnny Hendricks. I could not yeah. believe that. So anyway, I I think that she has to take Zhang down and make her defend off her back. And I think 
Rose can do a lot of work on top, uh, particularly with her grappling. Um, although I think Zhang, you know, with the, her limbs will be very difficult to get her. Um, but I, I, you know, she's chokeable. <laughs> I mean, right, Will? Yeah, yeah. So, that's a good fight, though. I look forward to that one. Yeah, I look forward to that. To I'll, I'll take Zhang, but you make, you did make great points. And hopefully Trevor Whitman is thinking about those, uh, uh, thinking along those lines. Uh, okay, so Will wants to do Jeremy Lin next week. Um, let's close that. Is there anything in the NBA that happened uh, that you thought was interesting, uh, Will? Uh, are you surprised? The that- Nets, well, the Nets just got Blake Griffin, but although he didn't play last night against the against the Knicks, that'll be interesting to see how that yeah. works out. I think yeah. James Harden, even with a team um, with Kevin Durant and small mind Kyrie Irving, <laughs> is showing how good he is. I think he, I think James Harden had like 15 assists last night to go with. Um, an insane number of points. So he's he's shown out really well. Yeah, Nick and I actually talked about this on the last podcast we did together, but I am blown away. And so I don't wanna I don't wanna belabor that with the audience because we did talk about but I'm blown away by James Harden because people a lot of old heads criticize James. I've at times criticized James, but I still can't believe how easy he makes this game look that he can just Say, oh, I, you know, as I said to Nick, there are guys like Dame Lillard, there are guys like Chris Paul, guys that have spent their whole career trying to be successful at point guard. LeBron and James Harden comes in and goes, oh, I could do this. I think I'm going to play point guard. And now all of a sudden he looks like LeBron, <laughs> you know? You know, I am going to, I agree with you on his skill set. And he is, a star in the NBA, but I, I think there's one weakness that I see, and it's not necessarily in his game. I think the weakness is how he gets called by the referees. I think that's a serious weakness in terms of he can drive to the basket and get grays and get foul shots all the time. I think that completely changes how defenses play him and what they can and cannot do. Um, with him and you just look at other you just look at other players like Steph doesn't get those calls we know LeBron definitely doesn't get those calls I don't know Um, man I don't know about that man I I think I honestly will I'm gonna push oh we haven't said this in a couple weeks I'm gonna push back Uh, (laughs) I I feel like there's a systemic problem in the NBA with uh, fouls Uh, if you guys want to go back and listen to Bill Simmons spoke and I know the commissioner listens to his show he spoke very loudly I mean very direct I mean Bill Simmons said I don't know what you're doing up there at the NBA offices and Adam Silver I love you guys but it's ruining the game that guys are literally going like this and throwing their head back and nothing touched them and then they're getting foul calls you also mentioned the other day Guys are coming up to the three-point line, jumping sideways into a player, and then shooting free throws. Or jumping full, as a guy will be standing there like this, they jump into that defender, and they're getting free throws. So, you we cannot have this. It's ruining yeah, the game. Yeah, you have that, but James Harden is above that. 
Um, I'll, I'm going to send you some clips, TJ. No, I mean, this stuff. year, though, just I, mean, the... I just want to see this season because I feel like they're, it's everybody, but I think James has actually calmed down with it this season. So this is, no, this is not a James Harden faking fouls, like being fouled. It's, it's what defenders are allowed to do ver- to him versus another player. And it's so bad that a primary defensive strategy against him is just to let him have the basket. Don't send him to the free throw line. Let him have the, I'm not, I don't not let him have the basket as here you go. Yeah. But don't touch him. Don't, don't touch him. him. Don't get near him. Make him don't foul him. Yeah. Um, And so that's really bad. And they're not saying that against other players. They're not saying that with Steph. They're not saying that with LeBron. They're not saying that with Jason Tatum. Would you agree, though, it's an overall systemic problem in the NBA, though, with offensive basketball? That not giving the defender enough agency. Would you agree? Yeah, and maybe it's maybe right now we're at the opposite of the time when Pat Riley and the Knicks uh, were doing their thing. We're at the opposite end of the spectrum. Um, So it's really hard. You have to be really a really good defender to be able to defend well in the NBA. Basically, to defend well in the NBA, you have to have a Trevor Ariza-type body, and you have to have um, the lateral the lateral movement that he had in his prime or better to be able to defend really well in the NBA. One on one, you can do it in a team. You can do it in a team way, but one on one, there are not too many guys that have those physical abilities to defend how in the NBA how things are being called right now. I think that I agree. I think they have to find some balance, and I think we've got to let we've got to let guys defend. We got to let them have a plane around them that they can exist in. Where yeah. if you penetrate their plane and their feet are set, it's a foul on you. Yeah. If they're moving toward you, okay, we can have a discussion. But yeah. if they're moving back, they still have a plane. Yeah. You know. But anyway, um, okay, let's close out. Let's talk about last chance. You really quickly. Because I'm so emotionally moved by this, uh, or was emotionally moved, uh, and I want to ask Nick real quick. Nick, have you seen Last Chance You basketball version? I haven't, but you know what? I'll probably watch it. Maybe Man, next week. it's. I heard it it's is, good. It. <sighs> I like the preview on Netflix. I, I was okay, like, it's over. I, that's over. That's over. That's over. The guy going crazy. <laughs> like, that, 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 that's over. But put the balls down, man. That, that's over. I was like, oh. I mean, man, I, I, I don't. I don't. Yeah. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Coach. Yeah. Um. All right. So let, let me let Will talk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know what? There's not a cuss word that comes out of his mouth. He, yeah, he doesn't curse. He's like a Good deacon in the church. First of yeah. all, where's the? He used to be a pastor. Oh wow, that's awesome. Yeah, he did a mission in Brazil. So he was teaching basketball in Brazil to a lot of really poor kids, kids that show up to the court with no shoes. And uh, he did that, and he said, you know what? I could actually go home and do this. There are people at home that are kind of like this that I could help back where I'm from, and he did that. But, Will, talk about East Los Angeles College, where it is, uh, what's the tenor of the institution. What do you know about ELAC? Well, ELAC's a community college. Um, so for those of you who haven't seen it before, and ELAC is in the middle of East Los Angeles, which is primarily um, a Latino, Latina, um, Hispanic neighborhood. 
and it's not known for basketball. Like you don't go to East LA to think of, oh, let's go to the park and get a good basketball game going. It's not like that at all. Um, I didn't even, even before Last Chance U, I had no idea that they had a, a really good basketball team. Um, and it's kind of, it was kind of, it's kind of funny to me because you got, you have these, you have these guys, some, some are kind of like commuting an hour and a half, like from Riverside oh, wow. uh, to school. And then some are actually living in East LA. And it's pretty funny. The guys that are living in East LA, they're just cruising around East LA. They're going to like food trucks and getting like these, going to these churro trucks and stuff like that, which yeah, is yeah. super cool. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's, it's a city that's not known for. Where does um, it exist? Basketball do you, do, like, do you get there? Is it near the 405 or the five? Yeah, so or... It's, it's between the 60 and the 10, uh-huh. right? The 60 and the 10 run parallel. Uh-huh. And then, it's kind of it goes it doesn't it kind of goes to the what is it, 60 and the 10 the 10 kind of comes over toward crosses over by downtown LA mm-hmm. um, so it's in between the 60 and the 10 west of the of the 710 freeway okay um, and you know back in the day when I was growing up in high school that was a really rough area for a lot of a lot of gang activity a lot of um, you know, Hispanic gang activity. Um, but funny enough, funny enough, East LA is where, when my parents, um, immigrated from Hong Kong, they lived in East LA with my Mexican grandfather <laughs> and my grand, my grand uncle, who was actually, That's I was so- my Mexican grand uncle. His last name's, uh, his, his name was a Raymond, Raymond Orozco. Mm-hmm. My grandfather's name was Fernando Orozco. Um, but my my parents lived in East Los Angeles when they first came to um, the states, and they moved out of East Los Angeles to the city of Walnut because when my my older brother he was playing in the yard and he got bare he got buried literally buried in the in the sand by the neighborhood kids. <laughs> and they're like, all right, like we're out of here. So we yeah, they kind of they kinda, they moved to Walnut and stuff like that, but. Yeah, it was, it's historically, it's, it's been, um, at least, you know, historically for me, when I was growing up, it was, it was a pretty rough town, definitely not known for basketball. So I was really surprised. So for, for, for coach Mosley to bring in and get kid from Oak Hill Academy, kid from UTEP, all these different players, you know, six, nine, six, eight type guys that are quite talented how big of a deal is that to get that kind of a player at a community college? Well, if you think about community college is a place, if you talk about sports, it's a place where kids weren't good enough to go division one, division two, or division three. And so they have an opportunity to play at community college or they are good enough to play division one or division two, but something happened academics that didn't allow them to be there so so in a lot of cases it's academics they don't qualify at a high school and sometimes it's not academics it's attitude it's their personality that that bring them back and so if you look at what community college coaches need to do is they're just like hunting and dip in these different buckets of of talent So one bucket of talent is, okay, let me recruit the kid that's not being recruited by any majors right now. 
and you got to find those and decipher who's going to be a division one, two athlete and who has these scholarships and who doesn't. And then you have to search in another bucket. Who are the high school kids who are going to be academically ineligible to if play they go on to Notre yes. Dame and correct. And then you got another Stanford. bucket that says who's currently at a division one school that's going to get bounced out because of whatever reason it could be academics or it could be personality. And then, so you're forming this team with Back very, there. yeah, man. Like <laughs> it's, when you look at it, it's a perfect mix or it's a perfect opportunity to do a reality show because you just have a lot of personality clashing, a lot of drama going on, a lot of compelling background. Like when you talk about the, the kid out of UTEP who- Oh, uh, Deshaun Hyler. Yeah, who basically, his father passed away when he was really young and he just had his mother and his mother was raising him. And then in high school or transitioning from high school to college, like right around that area, his mother has cancer and his mother dies. And then the show, they don't, they don't say anything or mention anything about extended family basically all he has is his girlfriend. And so you think about a kid that age, if let's say he didn't have any extended family, he's got like no one. I believe she died when, when he was, when he had left UTEP and came back to ELAC and his, what was his, like his freshman year there, I believe she died then. Yeah. Um, So he's got, it's, um, so they asked him a question. It's a really, it's a, it's a really, it sounds like a really benign question until he gives his answer, but they say, they say, you're really, they go, many people think that you're unapproachable or you're a jerk or something like that. And he goes, he kind of pauses and he goes, that's just a reflection of what I'm going through right now. How far? And you don't know. Yeah. You don't know what he, yeah. You don't know what he's going through yet, but you find out about his mom and then you find out about his college story about he walks on to UTEP and believing in himself, basically saying, I'm going to walk on, I'm going to pay my own tuition. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to practice until three in the morning when other people aren't practicing. Well, can I say real quick, the guy who, re- the coach who recruited him was uh, left. Yeah, so, Tim Floyd. He, so yeah, he was supposedly, he was given a scholarship in the eight, what the new coach told him was he did, he was really slick to tell him this. He said, oh, the AD won't sign your scholarship, which was another way of saying, I don't want you to have a scholarship here. But you yeah, can walk on because yeah, it won't you, cost me anything. Yeah, you kind of don't know. But they gave I him, know. basically they gave him the scholarship or they offered it to him, but they never signed the paperwork. Mm-hmm. And he had done all this work and then he has... Man. He was there. You know, he has the family <laughs> strategy. Yeah, he basically, uh, you know, he's giving his heart and soul to this and he lost his heart and soul in his mom. And it's a really, really good example of how your environment dictates how you act or who you are, right? A lot of people, a lot of people will say this. And I think it's, a lot of people will say, you just pick yourself up by the bootstraps, right? Or, right, that you have that saying, and it's like, it's not that simple. No, not for people from certain backgrounds. It's it's not that simple. Of course, are there there instances where people went through a lot of hardship and was successful? Absolutely. But we're all different individuals. 
we all have this thing called a solar personality that defines who we are. And so you look at this and it's just this particular story and it's amazing. So it's, I won't, I guess we won't do any spoilers here if you haven't seen it, but it it ends up being a happy ending for him. Yeah, it it is. And if I could go micro for a second, one of the things that I think you kind of danced around this a little bit, these coaches are basically like counselors. They're basically like social workers in the locker room. And what I mean by that is Will talked about that all these guys from all these disparate backgrounds come in that have had all these issues. And this is not like North Carolina or Duke or something like that where it's very businesslike. And if you don't do what's expected, they will see you out the, the locker room door so quickly that you won't know what hits you unless you're like literally their number one recruit, I would say. In this case, they're trying to cobble these guys together. They're arguing, they're fighting, they're upset that that pe- less people show up for these college games that showed up in their high school. I mean, at Oak Hill Academy, this guy's playing in arenas, you know, in, in full, full gyms, full of people, and there's all-star recruiters there and, and all that. And now all of a sudden you're playing in a college gym, there's like 10 people there. So there's a lot of frustration among, and the coaches are pushing, pushing, pushing. Then you have the two assistants that are like their social worker. Joe Hampton was probably moments away from changing his entire life and and not being Throwing it all away. Yeah, and, and all not away. being at Wills College where he is right now. Joe Hampton's at Long Beach State uh now and he was moments he was well first of all they have one assistant coach who's in a wheelchair, Nick. So and, oh, wow. You want to hear an interesting story about yeah. Kenny? Yeah. Kenny was one of my undergraduate students. What? Yes. Oh my god. He was god. one of my undergraduate students. So they 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 kind of bl- they do a little segment on Kenny about who he was, how he Not got enough. there, mm-hmm. and and when he mentions how he went to, he moved back to Detroit, right? Right. After he got From- injured and he got in serious trouble, his coach bought him back out. Coach, get your finish your education. Well, he finished his education. This is when I was at Cal State Fullerton. He right. he finished at Cal State Fullerton. And he was in, I, I remember talking to him um, about him wanting to be a head coach. And he would ask me questions because I teach motor learning control. Um, he, was, he would ask me a lot of questions about basketball, developing basketball players. So I remember when I saw him, this was, year, man, this was like 2008-ish. Mm-hmm. Well, this is over, well over 10 years ago. And I remember seeing him and I'm going, he looks familiar and I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't put it, I couldn't match it up. And I was like, Oh my gosh, he was in my motor, my undergraduate motor learning control class. That's Kenny. And so um, that's awesome because I remember at the time he was like, I want to be a basketball coach. Like I want to be a basketball coach and to see him, he's obviously a basketball coach and he's helping out kids. And their recruiter, chief recruiter. Yeah. And he's, he's the one that knows everybody right on the recruiting scene knows their gpa knows their personal situation things like that so i was like super stoked for him and um yeah it's kind of it's kind of so, a funny world so in what that is amazing and i it's really funny that i had a real feeling seeing i said will is going to have a tie-in here not knowing that 
that Joe Hampton now goes to Will School, not knowing the story about Ken. I just had a feeling that Will was going to have a tie into the series, but and you certainly did. Ken tells the team manager because he has a very difficult time wheeling himself around. He said, wheel me into the locker room because Joe Hampton's getting changed. And he goes in there and Joe Hampton is dressed and ready to leave the locker room and say, F this whole business. And he's ready to quit. He's ready, he's to, ready quit. to quit. Yeah. And Ken talks him back into his uniform and back on the court. And he was that close to changing his entire life. Now he might have an opportunity at Will's school to actually walk out of there with a bachelor's degree, if nothing else, or uh, possibly, you know, we always think in terms of the NBA, but there's so many leagues. There's, Israel has leagues, and Russia has leagues, and Turkey has leagues, and Spain has leagues, China, and Italy Japan. has leagues, and China, yeah. has, China has a robust basketball association. Uh, I didn't know yeah. Japan does, but hey, uh, there's a lot of places for these guys to go and play. Uh, oh yeah, other there's... than the NBA, <laughs> so yeah, they make six Greece. digits. They can, yeah, they can make six digits easily amen, over there. Amen. No, Hell, that's not. Amen. Oh my god, yeah, I'm mostly played overseas, I believe yeah. himself. So well, look at what look at what Gordon Ryan is doing to get to get six digits. <laughs> look at what he's doing in terms of the persona he's creating. So I know there's a lot of yeah, there's a lot of money for them, them, them to be made. But this is the thing about about Joe and about him almost quitting was that practice where he's getting he's frustrated with his teammate mm -hmm. his coach doesn't really yell at him but says something to him and there are two college coaches at that practice watching the right there was the lmu coach and then there was another i can't remember what the other college coach was but i didn't know college, that yeah there were two college coaches watching and i'm going you figure these Dude, guys what are you doing yeah exactly yeah and I, so it's, you know it's it's, it's wild it's really it, that's how you really end up wild. at that's how you end up at elac but like they said he john you when you see this guy nick you're going to be so inspired i mean just think about right now think about what it would take you to cry i mean for will it's going to probably be something to do with his family you know for you it, i don't know if it, it would be one of your patients dying I, you know, I don't know what would make you cry. I can tell you that I was as close to crying as you could possibly get watching a television program at what this guy Rob is doing on supposedly $15,000 a year as a part-time coach. Thank God. Oh, the assistant. Yeah, Rob, about the assistant, Rob, uh, yeah, Robert Robinson, uh, who had been in a Division One program himself as a player, um, who... So he goes to the laundry room. He goes and gathers up all their gear, makes sure their name is on their locker, their stuff is hanging up, so that when they come in, their whole locker has been arranged for them, and they feel like they're a Division One player when they arrive in the locker room. Because he knows the gym is shit. The damn, the basketball isn't even 12 feet high. It's like off, off height. That can, you know, that's enough to throw a basketball player into a total frenzy when all of a sudden the basket isn't in the right place he doesn't have to do that and for 15 grand a year being away from his family from you know early in the morning till he comes home in his dark you can relate will yeah yeah and after games too 
any of the players that want to work out after games with him to do one-on-one that's after the work. weight room because they yes. go in the weight room after Correct. home games. Correct. They, he'll he'll work them out. Yeah, he'll go and just Which do is, shots with them. So now yeah. their family's like, "When's Daddy coming home?" He lives in Riverside. Yeah. <laughs> that's just, yeah, that's so. Yeah, for people who don't know that distance, that's long. No man. traffic. Riverside to no Elac is an hour, like over an hour, hour anywhere it's between an hour and an hour and a half. Yeah. And then if you add traffic in there, forget oh, it. Forget, forget it, about man. it. He's done. Two, in fact, hours. he said he he waits at the school till the traffic calms down sometimes, you know, because he knows that even if he were to get out a certain time, he's just going to sit there anyway. But, but yeah, uh, one of the things that Mosley does, and he said they, is he takes him when they – so you're just done playing the game, and they go to the weight room and, yeah. and lift. And after they lift, if you need work on your shot, then you're, you should be in there working on your shot. You know, you, know so what the, you know what the awesome thing was, DJ? I don't know if you noticed this, but this is very typical of a community colleges. When they go into the weight room and they're lifting, you could see them, the team is lifting, but in the background, you see just random people working out too on the exercise bikes or on the Stairmasters or whatever. I didn't see that, no. And it's, it's like one of two things. It's either an activities class or it's just open gym for the community and the students to go and work out in there at the same time. And at that so time th- of night, it's not activities class. And it's because they can't afford, you know, you get a free going to the gym. Yeah. And so DJ mentioned them trying to feel like it's D1, but it's really tough to do in that environment. You're basically, I mean, you go to your any major division one program and they don't get access have, to your weight room. <laughs> yeah, like UCLA basketball has their own weight room. Right, right. Right. And so you have your own weight room within your sport, and they're just, it's complete, It's a completely different use. Yeah, because you don't want football and, and basketball in there working out together. It's not going to yeah. work. And the, the head coach is the only reason why he's in a full-time job. He doesn't have a full-time basketball coaching job. But he is also a teacher in their physical education department. So he has to teach, I don't know how many classes was it? Like eight or nine eight, classes, he said. Yeah. Eight or nine classes. So he's teaching classes like spin classes. He's teaching like weight training classes and things like that. Jeez. And that's the only way he can have a full-time job. Because it's not the full-time job is not being a basketball coach. He also has Actually, to teach yeah. these kind of activities, courses that are that are associated with it also. And so um well, the good thing is he has security unlike a regular D1 basketball coach. Um, and he doesn't, and they mentioned this in this story too, he doesn't have to leave his family. Right. He, he didn't spend time with his family. Yeah, he said he had less time with his family when he was doing something with Division One, coaching yeah. with Division One. He was always away and always doing something. So, um, yeah, and you could tell he's a great family, man. Um Final thoughts uh, about Last Chance You. Um, people need to watch this. Yeah, people. I I think so. It's a. I binge watched it. It kept me. It kept me glued. I think you're gonna have a good time, Nick. I'm probably. Um, I'm probably gonna watch it again, Nick. Um, but it, it's very emotional. And when I say like I wanted to cry, it was like tears of inspiration. And at the struggle that they've had to go through 
to do what it is that they do. And I mean the players, the coaches, Ken, you know, um, just even the administrators, the young lady who was helping out with their homework. Um, so Robinson was also going into the study lab and helping guys out with their homework because he had a master's degree. It's just, you, you guys, if you want to be inspired, go and watch this. These guys are amazing. And I hope every one of them finds success in their life in, in whatever avenue they choose. I, I, I could root for nobody more than these guys. Uh, I love it. So hashtag last chance you. Hashtag last chance you basketball. And uh, hashtag ELAC. So that's all I got for this week, gentlemen. We'll do it again next week. It's it's good to be back with the treacherous three, Holmes. Hmm. Domino mother. Sorry, that was Dr. Evil. What right what song has taken us out? That's the only surprise. Oh, there. it's a hard knock life. <laughs> oh, I agree. I would go with that one. Uh, I agree right. with that one. I like Let that one. See. Is that Dr. Isn't that the Dr. Jay-Z, Evil? man? That's Jay-Z. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. He was on the wrong coast, Nick. Okay, I got it, man. I got you. I know that song. Come on now. Yeah, but you know, you guys are, you know, you guys are a big deal, man. (laughs) Take the baseline out. Let me see if this Uh is it. Uh, Can you hear it? Yeah. How come I'm not hearing it, Holmes? Let's see here, yeah. All right, guys. For Dr. The former, the former owner of the Brooklyn Nets. I know. Because, oh, by the way, news out tonight is uh, the word is that LeBron James purchased a portion of the Boston Red Sox. P I M P. Totally. Man. All right. Uh, for Dr. Will Wu and Mr. Nick Kazono, this is DJ San Marco saying peace out. One love, and we'll see you down the road. And my block, let's take the world and split it 50-50. Uh-huh. Let's take the dough and stay real jiggy.